the lodge where old and new friends gather for discussion and camaraderie, where the serious and trivial are debated with equal intensity. So pull up a chair to the fire and welcome to the Southern Lodge. Hey y'all, this is the 15th episode of the Southern Lodge podcast. Tonight, it's uh, we're going to be talking about the SEC Week 3, give a little recap of probably Week 2 as well, what surprised us. Uh, I'll give you a recap of our first week of fantasy football with the Lodge. It's going to be kind of a quick pod tonight. Uh, Danny and Aaron couldn't make it. Danny's working with the Storms. They got over in North Carolina and South Carolina, and Aaron's just busy with them little munchkins he just couldn't make it this week so you just got michael we're uh, i'll try to break it down uh and we'll go from there so just to recap the first the second week of sec play uh as y'all know we're doing our picks and uh at the end where whoever's the best picker is going to get dinner from the two losers uh because of uh arkansas's Lost to Colorado State, which, which it was close, but and Colorado State does have some former SEC talent on there, but all three of us picked uh, Arkansas to win. We got that one wrong, and then um, Georgia, South Carolina. Danny and I picked that as well to go South Carolina's way. Aaron picked Georgia, so he picked one up on us there. South Carolina just looked. They just looked overmatched from the beginning. I don't know if they were playing tight, but uh, Jake Bentley just – he was throwing the ball too hard on short routes. He was air mailing it. He was – he just wasn't accurate. They weren't able to get momentum going. And then he – there was a couple tip balls, and one of them was turned for a pick six, which made it 14 to nothing. And South Carolina, they made a game of it, and they tried getting it close, but then Georgia just blew them out. And um, – I don't know if it's the the expectations were there for them this year, and maybe they just couldn't do it, or maybe Georgia's just just as good as everybody says they are. I mean, they did play for a national title last year, but um, and then um, Aaron, uh, Danny, and myself picked Vanderbilt over Nevada. Uh, I almost feel guilty because I think I kind of talked Aaron into picking Nevada over Vanderbilt uh, just by. Aaron thinking Vanderbilt's not very good, and uh, Nevada put up some stats on Portland State in the first week. But we uh, Vanderbilt blew Nevada out, so yay for me and Danny. Let's see, where is the other one? It was – well, we can talk about Clemson, Texas A&M. It was a game that was a lot closer than uh, any three of us thought it was going to be. And if you watch that game, you could almost say – I don't want to say A&M was robbed of that game, but because they still they still scored the touchdown, they still missed the two-point conversion, but there's no way a ball gets punched out at the four-yard line, punched out towards the sideline, and travels inside the piling. I don't know why there's not an overhead shot, how there's no camera angle. If that is... If that is something that can turn a game that quickly as a a fumble going out the back of the end zone, why there is not an aerial shot or a down-the-sideline shot that shows that. But uh, the uh, referees, obviously, I mean, they know they got to go by video, and there wasn't any good video replays, but 
just simple physics would tell you that a ball being punched out at the four-yard line can, is not going to travel four yards and and go in through the end zone and out out the sideline. So I think A&M got hosed. Um, they played they played Clemson tough. I don't know if the two quarterback systems hurting Clemson or or what, but it seemed like uh, Kelly Bryant played a lot more um, in the second. I think he played the full second half. I don't think. Um, oh shoot, what's the backup's name? I'm trying to pull everything up. Uh, Taylor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. I think he only played maybe the two series. So. Uh, if there was a quarterback controversy, I think this game kind of maybe slid it to the back burner because when chips got down, Clemson relied on Kelly Bryant. But A&M uh, proving that Kellamond has grown, and I think uh, they're going to outperform probably what Aaron and myself uh, predicted them. I think we both had them finishing fifth or sixth in the SEC West, so I think they're going to outperform that. The other big game where I picked up picks on Danny and Aaron was the Kentucky-Florida game. Uh, Florida had gone in 31-game winning streak. Uh, Tennessee also similar had 30-year winning streaks on Kentucky and Vanderbilt before Tennessee fell off the cliff, uh, bad hires and whatnot. But uh, Kentucky, I know what made them hard for – or what made that pick uh, – Difficult for them was just the unknowns kind of with Kentucky. Um, they had the the dual threat quarterback that came from the JUCO. This is his first year, and he looked he looked really good. Um, he, uh, let me click on it get his stats. I know he threw at least one interception, but he he was electric with his feet and through the air. He had some uh, he had some nice passes. He was only eleven of sixteen, but he he. Uh, he was economical with them. Uh, he when he had to have me, he, he did it. Um, he also added a hundred yards on the ground. So uh, overall performance, Kentucky Kentucky's dangerous offensively, and their defense. Mark Stoops is a defensive guy, so you know, and they've they've played people tough defensively last four or five years that he's been there. So uh, I think this was just a fact: people overrating Florida, underrating Kentucky, and Dan Mullen better watch out. Uh, you lose can first year at Florida never lose to him in 31 years and you start off in year one it's not like he's had a year or two to of course it might be better that he lost to him in year one because he can still blame it on uh McIlwain's kids instead of his own but still not a good look for Florida um Felipe Franks uh, it's either Kentucky's defense was that good or I mean he still had 232 yards but he, he completed less than 50% of his pass, and then Florida couldn't run the ball either. Um, so we'll see if that's just Florida's uh, off offensive ineptitude or if Kentucky's defense is that legit. Um, it'll be a good game next week when Tennessee takes on Florida. We'll see, That'll be a good measuring stick of those two programs. And um, so to recap, um, well – First, let's give a little Mississippi State recap for Aaron. He was he was all in on his team, and they looked uh, they looked pretty good. Um, I actually I watched the game. We were me and Aaron were actually talking about this. The uh, the running back states got uh, Hill. Uh, he looked electric. Um, sophomore, you got to play the best player. I mean, he had two hundred and eleven yards. 
on 17 carries. That's a 12-yard average. But we were talking about how uh, Aeneas Williams, Arenas Williams, who ran for over 1,000 yards in the SEC last year, hadn't even seen the field. I don't know. I don't know if Joe Moorhead just doesn't like his body style or what, but to me, if you got a thousand yard rusher in the SEC from the year before and you're not utilizing him, uh, now I understand this guy ran for 200 yards, but still, when you take him out and Williams isn't the kid you put in, it makes me wonder if he's hurt or if the coaching staff doesn't like him or or what. But um, and then Fitzgerald was back to himself on the ground. He had 159 rushing yards. Uh, he wasn't taking the big hits as much this game but we'll see if it's Fitz's first game back that made his passing look so bad uh, I know Danny if he were on he would be pointing out how Fitzgerald looks so bad as a passer but the win's the win uh, we'll get he see if that's that first week rust since this is the first time he played since the Egg Bowl last November so State looked pretty good uh, they've got it's pretty much cupcake season right now in the SEC. But to recap, uh, I went 10-2 and two last week. Danny and Aaron both went 9-3. and three. That brings the season total through two weeks to me, 20-6. Uh, 20, 20 Danny's 21-5, and five and Aaron is 22-4. and four. So not too bad. Only two games separating us right now uh, for the top spot. And we'll, we'll see if anything changes after this week. But... Uh, I'm just going to go through the ESPN app and we'll run through the list. I've got the guys' picks or whatnot, so it, it's pretty much uniform. We'll we'll give a little bit of recap on the game or or a little preview of the game. But uh, the first one is UTEP, Tennessee. Uh, everybody's got Tennessee winning this one, which they should. This is this should be another gear up for for Florida. We got embarrassed against West Virginia. You schedule East Tennessee State and UTEP before Florida. You should figure some things out. We need to get the pass rush figured out. We haven't sacked a quarterback yet. Um, if they can, that'll help the D, the young DBs. We got a couple freshmen starting. If we can help the DBs DBs out with some pass rush, it'll make their job easier. So we got to get some pressure on the quarterback. We also got to get this offensive line figured out. This was supposed to be the strength or a strength of Tennessee. We got Trey Smith, who's a all American. He was an all American at guard. A lot of people think he's probably could be the best offensive lineman in the sec right now. Uh, we've got four and four and five star talent all over the offensive line. Uh, didn't help that Brandon, uh, Kennedy, the transfer from Alabama was lost to the year, uh, before the East Tennessee East East Tennessee State game last week, so they're shuffling that around. But uh, they need to get it figured out. They they should be pushing people around. They shouldn't be getting pushed around. Um, but everybody's got Tennessee winning that. Uh, we'll move on to the next one: Georgia, Middle Tennessee State, or Middle Tennessee. Yeah, um, everybody's got Georgia. There, I don't think there's any. Georgia's favored by 33 and a half. So Kentucky, Murray State. Everybody's got Kentucky. Um, especially after what they did to Florida. If this was a uh, maybe a different team, maybe a Power 5 school, you may worry about a letdown. But I think uh, Kentucky's got a favorable schedule where they play Murray State, who's 0-2 after a big. Now, they'll probably come out sluggish. They'll still win it, 
we all think, but they could come out sluggish and not have their best game after having that emotional high of beating Florida for the first time in 31 years. Arkansas, North Texas, everybody's got Arkansas. Um, it's just hard to pick. It's just hard to pick a non-Power 5 school beating an SEC school, even though Arkansas was everybody's pick to finish last in the SEC West and probably in the SEC as a whole. But uh, North Texas is 2-0. and um, Their quarterback has put up some very good numbers. Uh, 862 passing yards, seven touchdowns, only one interception. Doesn't look like they have too much of a running game. So if Arkansas can stop the passing game, this should be able to handle this. We're all going to pick Arkansas, and if it just bites us in the butt, it bites us in the butt. Um, once again, we all picked Arkansas. Uh, next, we have Colorado State and Florida. Once again, yeah, this is the Colorado State team that just beat Arkansas, but this is also a Florida team that lost for the first time in 31 years to Kentucky the week before. So, Dan Mullen has probably had some boosters and some school officials in his ears. It probably was not a fun week of practice for Florida. So, we all have Florida winning this game. Mississippi State, Louisiana, Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, everybody's got Mississippi State win this game. It's a 33-and-a-half spread. So, this will be a warm-up for week four when SEC – when the SEC schedule really gets rolling, another tune-up game. Maybe see if Fitz can get his accuracy going again. Um, Missouri Purdue. It's in Purdue. It's a road game for Missouri, but Missouri's offense. Drew Locke has really looked like the first-round pick. A lot of people. A lot of people are saying Drew Locke might be the best quarterback in this draft class. We'll see. He's definitely playing up to the part as a top uh, quarterback in the league he hadn't thrown an interception yet which i say that which means he'll probably the first throw he makes will be an interception uh they're getting enough out of the running game to help him but purdue has had some some close games as well but uh, you just gotta go you gotta go with missouri's uh offense to, to just handle purdue uh purdue has played uh Northwestern and Eastern Michigan University and lost both of them. Both close games, but still you lost to Eastern Michigan University. Um, now it's it's a home game. Mizzou's not even favored by a touchdown, but we're all we're all still going Mizzou. Uh, Marshall, South Carolina, canceled because of Hurricane Florence. So that game won't be made up since it's not a conference game. So South Carolina's got to live with a loss for one more week. Uh, UL Monroe versus A&M all got A&M it's a 26 and a half point spread so it'll just be another tune in game for A&M that leaves our intriguing games of the week and I'll start with uh, Ole Miss and Alabama we've all got Bama just because Bama's looked pretty much unstoppable on offense but I think this is they've got Alabama at 21 and a half I would almost tell people if y'all were betting to take Ole Miss in the points because Ole Miss has got an offense. Now, I know Bama's defense has has been pretty good, and they did play Louisville, but I would almost say that uh, this Ole Miss kid, I mean, he's, he's put – I know 
Tua's split time at quarterback, but still this – and it's two Hawaiian quarterbacks going at it, but he still put up 800 yards and seven touchdowns for Ole Miss. Um, and uh, Scott Phillips, I think, the running back for Ole Miss, is putting up some serious numbers too. Ole Miss has got an offense, and if they can get just a little bit of defense, I think they can keep it close. Once again, you don't pick against Alabama – I know Ole Miss and Auburn have been the teams to trip them up the last couple of years, um, but I still think I think Alabama will get it. Everybody else agrees. I'm just giving you the reasons why I think they will. But if I was a betting man, I think I'm, it would be intriguing to take Ole Miss in the points just because it is a three-touchdown game, and I think Ole Miss has the offense to keep up in a shootout. Maybe not win. I think Alabama will get a couple of key stops if it is a close game, but I think Ole Miss will keep it closer than three touchdowns. Once again, we all have Alabama. LSU-Auburn. It's a top 12 matchup. Auburn's seventh in the country. LSU's number 12. Um... We all have picked Auburn. Uh, Danny's an Auburn fan, so that was pretty easy for him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know Aaron's reasoning for this one, but I'll give you mine. Um, Joe Burrow is completing less than fifty percent of his passes, even against an in- inferior opponent in uh, southeastern Louisiana. He still completed less than fifty percent of his passes, and. Auburn's got a little bit better defense than Miami and southeastern Louisiana. No offense to southeastern Louisiana. But I think the Tigers, I think the Auburn Tigers, are going to focus on stopping the run, which they've got the defensive line and linebackers to do it, and make Burrow beat them through the air, which he hasn't had to do yet. He's made some throws, but he's – I don't know if it's because he only came in the summer and he's not the the system still getting to him or he's still trying to work on his um, consistency with his receivers, his chemistry. But if you don't complete fifty percent of your passes against southeastern Louisiana, uh, we got some problems. But I think uh, I think Auburn. We all think Auburn wins. I'm thinking they'll win because Auburn shuts down. Or limits, maybe not shuts down, but limits the running game of LSU. I don't think only Alabama has been able to totally shut down LSU's running game. Um, But I think Auburn limits it, and uh, Burrow isn't able to carry the passing load just yet. So uh, I've got Auburn winning. The spread is, of course, it's Auburn 10.5. I think that's a good number. I think Auburn would still be safe with that. It's a CBS game, so that means you're going to have to listen to Gary Danielson and um, Doug Nussmeyer. I think that's the new partner that took over for Vern. Um, I've never met anybody that likes Gary Danielson. So if they listen to the fans, I don't see how he still has a job. This is the man that, and I quote, this was a Tennessee game against Florida, I want to say. It was a Tennessee game at least. They need to get the passing game going, and to do that, they're going to have to get the receivers and tight ends involved. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. The man said to get the passing game going, they'll have to get the receivers and tight ends involved. Now, if he would have said, they'll have to get the running backs involved out of the backfield, that's not a crazy statement because it makes sense. But receivers only catch pass balls unless it's a jet sweep or or something like that. So... 
And this man played football in the Big Ten at Purdue. I, I don't – he obviously wasn't – I mean, he was good, decent. But, like I said, never met anybody that likes Gary Danielson. He's been he's been at CBS for over 10 years. I think it's time to get some new blood. I mute my TV at sometimes when Tennessee or when a good game is on CBS just so I don't have to listen to them. It's that bad. And then the last game of the week is Vanderbilt and Notre Dame. Um, we've all picked the games similar – or not similar. We've all picked the exact same games the same way up until now. Danny and Aaron have – Notre Dame picked, which I think is a smart pick, and I've been tossing through my head if I want to go against that or not. And I, I don't think it's great. I, I know people think Vanderbilt, and they think the doormat, and Notre Dame's number eight in the country right now. But pausing for dramatic effect, I think Vanderbilt might win this game. Is it enough to risk picking against Danny and Aaron to get another game behind if I'm wrong? But Vanderbilt, this quarterback has better numbers than Notre Dame's. The running backs have similar numbers. Notre Dame and Vanderbilt's leading wide receiver has put up much better numbers than Notre Dame's leading receiver. Vanderbilt's defense has better stats than Notre Dame's. Notre Dame almost lost to Ball State. If Ball State's quarterback doesn't throw two interceptions and they score two touchdowns off those interceptions, who knows what happens? Notre Dame didn't look good against a bad Michigan team. Now, Vanderbilt has played Nevada and they have played Middle Tennessee State, but they've won convincingly in those games. These are the decisions that define a pick'em season. It's in South Bend. If it was in Vanderbilt, if it was in Nashville, I'd feel better. It's in South Bend. The spread is Notre Dame by 13 and a half. I think I think this is a line based solely off names. I'm picking I'm picking Vanderbilt. I'm going I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. I've been risky since week 1. It cost me week 1. It gained me something during week two, but I'm going to go with Vanderbilt to upset Notre Dame. Uh, I like, I, I like, um, oh, I'm about to call him Charlie Strong. It's not Charlie Strong. It's not David Shaw. I've blank, totally blanking on Vanderbilt's head coach right now. Um, Derek Mason, that's it. Um, I like him as a coach. I think he's going to have his – the defense is playing tough right now. If they can go in and keep this a low-scoring game, I think they've got a, they've got a chance to pull the upset. So, uh, just to recap this week, we all have Kentucky winning. We all have Tennessee winning against UTEP. We all have Auburn over LSU. We all have Florida over Colorado State. We all have Arkansas over North Texas. We have Bama over Ole Miss. Georgia over somebody. Uh, Mississippi State over Lafayette or UL Monroe. Somebody's playing Lafayette. Nope, they're playing Lafayette. We all have A&M over Monroe. And we all have Mizzou over Purdue. Danny and Aaron have Notre Dame over Vanderbilt. I have Vanderbilt over Notre Dame. And also, uh, as you 
if you listen to the show, you saw that we did our live fantasy, mm, not mock draft now, but a real draft. And last week was the first week of the NFL season, which meant it was the first weekend of fantasy football. Well, I would like y'all to know that there's at least one winner of the group. Um, I won my first game against our friend Jeff. And then... Let me pull it up real quick. Aaron, Aaron lost to pulling it up, pulling it up. Week one, week one. Aaron lost to, nope, that's his brother Abram. Danny lost to Aaron's brother Abram, 116 to 85. Uh, yeah, Danny's team was not very good. Jimmy Graham, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8 points. Matt Prater, three. Uh, it's it's bad when your quarterback and your defense are your high scores. Uh, and then Aaron lost to uh, CT, 137-99. Aaron didn't have a bad showing, but he just uh, ran into a guy that made it to our league finals last year, so... Uh, and then I won 116 to 105. Jeff put up a good struggle, but uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, Philip Rivers, if uh, it would have been even bigger for me, but New Orleans defense gave up 48 points to the Buccaneers with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, but this week, Danny and I play against each other. And who is Aaron playing right now? As I do this podcast, Danny is up 2.3 to nothing he's projected to have 88 and a half i'm projected to have 104 aaron is playing uh our friend rico he is projected to have 94 rico is projected to have 107.3 so we'll see if any of that changes like i said this was going to be a short podcast just because danny and aaron are busy and weren't able to get on this week but you have all our picks and we'll see y'all next time from the lodge thanks